This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy. Season 4, Episode 2, Science Deniers Keep Schools Closed. The COVID-19 pandemic has forced us all to brush up our science knowledge very quickly. In this era of disinformation and social media being a principal source of news for most Americans, we've been challenged to sort out fact from fiction. The controversy surrounding masks and how they can stop transmission is a case in point. The science behind mask wearing is simple and undeniable. The mask is a physical barrier. It stops transmission of the virus in droplets. If both the infected person and the victim are both wearing masks, there is less than a 1% probability of transmitting the virus if you're wearing a mask. If the infected person only wears a mask, there's still a 40% chance of transmission, and that probability increases to 100% transmission rate if neither party wears a mask. So the numbers are very compelling and the science is very simple and understandable. While the issue of wearing a mask was debated for some months, there now seems to be almost universal acceptance of masks as an effective tool to halt transmission of the coronavirus, especially as a result of the recent surge in cases. With masks, the deniers were usually on the right of the political spectrum, and they couched their opposition to wearing masks as a freedom of choice issue and personal liberty. But the science supporting mask wearing was clear, simple, and understandable. You didn't need to have a PhD in science to understand that a mask was going to be effective. And masks proved to be effective even in 1918 Spanish influenza epidemic. The left berated non-mask wearers as science deniers, akin to flat earth believers, anti-vax nutcases, and conspiracy theorists, and the like. However, awkwardly, the opposition to reopening America's schools, and California schools in particular, includes some of the very same groups who berated the anti-maskers. The shoe is on the other foot. They now stand accused of denying science. The very same people who accuse the anti-maskers of denying science, they now stand accused of denying science themselves. Because the underlying arguments for opening schools in California, the underlying arguments are all based in science, and we're going to talk about that in today's podcast. It's the liberal wing of the political spectrum this time, 
which has been most vociferous in its opposition to opening schools. And they are led by the California Teachers Association, the CTA, which is the state's largest union of public school and college teachers. There is a man bites dog element to this story. The fact that the teachers union is leading the charge to go slow at best to reopen the nation's largest public school ecosystem. That teachers don't want to teach, teachers don't want to go back to work. Battle lines are being drawn and it's a highly political fight. The CTA is one of Governor Gavin Newsom's largest fundraisers and contributed $1.1 million to his 2018 election campaign, as well as $200,000 to his inaugural committee. In fact, I believe they were the largest single contributor to his 2018 election campaign. They are an influential party in the discussions to reopen schools, to say the least. And I would expect the teachers union, the representatives of public school teachers, to be at the table to be negotiating the reopening of the schools, but not to be dragging their heels. And I think that's what they're doing. The governor seems to be in no hurry to permit schools to reopen as a result of the relationship with the CTA. Most of the largest public school districts in California have already announced that their opening of school in September will be online only. Los Angeles, San Francisco, Sacramento, to mention but a few. Most educators acknowledge that online learning for five to eight-year-olds is not at all effective. And now there's a push by some Bay Area private schools and public schools to reopen. They've had enough and they want to reopen their schools. So the ideological tables have turned with the liberals going slow and the conservatives going full steam ahead and demanding that schools be opened. Switching sides all comes down to whose ox is being gored, and now it's the left's turn to challenge science. So what is the science of school reopening? The Center for Disease Control, the CDC, published a position paper on July 23rd calling for the full reopening of America's schools in the fall. Specifically, they said that aside from the home, only the school provides more influence on a child's health and well-being than that only the school provides that measure of impact for health and well-being and it's equivalent to the home. In fact, in some cases, even more powerful than the home. The in-person school environment does the following five objectives. Number one, it provides instruction. Number two, it supports developmental and social skill development 
of their students. Number three, the in-person school experience creates a safe learning environment. Number four, it addresses nutritional needs, very important factor, particularly in minority neighborhoods. And number five, the in-person school experience facilitates physical activity. Children are, first of all, children are at a much lower risk than adults for contracting COVID-19. Children under 18 years of age are only 7%, 7% of COVID-19 cases, and they represent 0.01% of COVID-19 related deaths. The CDC cites scientific studies that show that transmission among children in school may be quite low. And they also cite international studies which confirm such data that transmission among children in school is very low, whether in the United States or internationally. Very few reported cases of children as the primary source of transmission to their families has been noted. Further, extended school closure is harmful to children and can lead to severe learning loss. A recent survey of 477 school districts throughout the United States by the University of Washington found that, and I'll quote here, far too many schools are leaving learning to chance. Only one in three school districts, that's 30%, only one in three school districts expected teachers to provide any instruction to track student engagement or to monitor academic progress. Wealthy school districts were two times more likely to track students and to manage expectations than poor districts, unquote. That's a shocking number. Only one-third of school districts expected teachers to provide some instruction and to track students. Minority and low-income students are especially vulnerable to losing what academic base they had and actually going into reverse. So the CDC has fired a warning shot across the bows of every school district in America that three months of lockdown with uncertain distance learning initiatives and very spotty teacher engagements on a long distance basis has had a negative effect on all students, and in particular, among minority students. Now, the California Teachers Association, the CTA, has published its own position paper saying that California schools cannot reopen until they are safe. Well, who couldn't agree with that? They're calling for comprehensive guidelines from the states, from the state of California, from Sacramento, on how schools can reopen safely and responsibly. However, those comprehensive guidelines still have not been issued at the state level. 
Also, they're calling for health monitoring system for all schools on a statewide basis. They cite COVID-19 statistics, such as no more than one COVID-19 case per 10,000 people in the last 14 days as a likely measure for reopening a school. In other words, they're expecting that only in communities where the community transmission of the virus was very low, one case per 10,000 people, only in communities such as those could schools reopen. Here in the Bay Area, we have two counties that currently reach that threshold. Further, they have stipulated a lengthy list of protocols for all schools to follow as regards class size, social distancing, wearing masks, um, access to health and mental health counseling, etc. So, I mean, on, on its face, their, their requests, their demands are, appear to be reasonable. However, the latest version of COVID-19 subsidy program from Congress includes up to $105 billion for schools to reopen in September. But that's $105 billion spread across 50 states and how many hundreds, thousands of schools. So that's not going to go very far. The state head of public instruction, Tony Thurmond, and Governor Newsom seem to be taking their cue from the CTA and encouraging online learning as the way to reopen California schools, despite the CDC statistics. And I'm somewhat surprised that the governor himself, with four school-aged children, would not be more engaged and show a greater sense of urgency in physically opening schools and going to this default position of online learning, which for young students has been, the statistics seem to show that it's quite ineffective. Also, more than 20 European countries have reopened schools in May and June with little fanfare and to broad parental support. There's best practices in some of those 20 European countries that California could be looking to. There's no reason that we couldn't be taking a leaf out of those books of those countries and adopting those best practices for California schools. It's as if the governor's office and the CTA are deaf to the demands of parents and are citing the data and they don't seem to be acknowledging the data that's coming out of European schools and the European school reopening process. Very disappointing. But undeterred by this very slow and hesitant approach to reopening our schools, 80 schools in Santa Clara County, which is actually the headquarters of much of the Silicon Valley corporate giants, 80 such schools in Santa Clara County have asked for waivers to reopen their schools. Yet the, statist- yet the state 
has not even formalized the review process for such a waiver. We're very far behind here. Local county health officials can issue waivers if their county is not on the coronavirus watch list. Right now, Newsom has said that K through 12 instruction will be restricted to online learning if the county is on the watch list. But there are 80 schools in Santa Clara, and Santa Clara is on the watch list. And so those 80 schools are looking for waivers and several schools in San Francisco are also looking for waivers. San Francisco is also on the monitoring list. Alameda County, where Oakland is located, is on the monitoring list. And Alameda County has made it very clear they wouldn't consider any waivers at all until the COVID-19 situation improves. Most of the schools looking for waivers are likely to be parochial or private schools where teachers are non-union. Also, class sizes are smaller and facilities tend to be a little more spacious. Most public schools have dropped plans to reopen at all physically under pressure from the teachers' unions. Again, I'm disappointed that the CTA is not paying more attention to the science coming out of the, C, out of the CDC and also out of European countries. The head of the Private Schools Association, Ron Reynolds, has argued that they want a campus-by-campus -campus evaluation for reopening waivers. Since their class size, as I said, is smaller, they're confident that they can meet the public health requirements, which eventually will probably be published by the state. But four months into the California shutdown, the state has not yet formulated such guidelines. It's hard to believe, but that is, this, that is the case in the state of 40 million people. The CDC has said that continued school closures threatened to keep 5.6 million parents from returning to work at a potential loss of $232 billion to the national economy. Of all 10 counties in the greater Bay Area, only two, San Mateo and Santa Cruz, are off the 14-day COVID-19 monitoring list. That's the good news. So both of those counties may consider reopening, but they have made no announcements to that effect. And I dare say, the CTA in both counties will be leaning on the school administrators to also go slow on opening those, their schools. But Governor Newsom has given a single exception, which is that a waiver may be issued if it is okayed by a local county health officer. Catholic bishops last week urged the governor to expedite issuing regulations that enable local health officers to grant waivers. A very practical recommendation. They always said that reopening the economy at the end of the shutdown would be hard, but it seems like reopening California schools is even harder than reopening the economy. 
And reopening California schools, at this point, we don't even have workable guidelines to manage to. The struggle to reopen California schools is just beginning. I would bet that private and parochial schools will get their waivers eventually. The CTA won't be happy about that, but on the other hand, the CTA has no members or certainly don't have uh, the teachers in private and public schools are not unionized. But the CTA can lean on the governor to go slow or withhold approvals for any school which is trying to reopen, even if it is private or parochial. So I would expect a very messy few months ahead for California schools, and I would also expect a battle royal when it comes to the politics of reopening California schools. My sources for today's podcast include the Centers for Disease Control, the San Jose Mercury News, the California Teachers Association, and the Los Angeles Times. This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy, reporting to you from San Francisco, America's favorite city.